We are back for another episode of the Madonna Get Together, and I am your host, Wayne. This episode, we have a podcast crossover with Club Carry NYC and Like a Muse, Madonna Remix's podcast. DJ Carry John Pointer created his podcast back in January of 2009, featuring some of his favorite remixes and is one of the longest running vocal house dance remix music podcast. Club Carry NYC has continued to evolve where each one hour episode features a perfectly beat mixed DJ set. Listen Score ranks it as one of the top 1% most popular shows out of around 3 million podcasts, is in the iTunes Top 100 Music Podcasts in almost every country, Top Electronic Podcast from 2012 through 2022 by Player FM, and was honored as the official podcast of Madonna Remixers United in 2022. About to celebrate its 15th anniversary in January, Please welcome from Club Carry NYC, DJ Carry. How are you today? Hi, Wayne. I'm doing good. Thank you for letting me have you, having you on your show. I'm very excited. Absolutely. I know you're calling me on break between classes, so you know this will be. Uh, I'll be respectful of your time, but I know we've been talking about getting together for some time now. So, thank you for taking the time out. Um, so, where are you calling from? Um, I am actually literally on, in New York City in Manhattan on 18th Street right now and i'm literally at school school of electronic arts right now um, and doing this interview with you and finishing the degree in audio engineering nice and when do you plan on getting your degree the, the degree will be done here very soon in mid-november yes uh, oh, wow. doing, yeah i've been doing this for about over awesome. a year now um kind of basically trying to fulfill an old dream um, that I had probably about 20, 25 years ago yeah. working in music industry and audio, audio recording industry. I don't know if I'm going to fulfill that dream, but at least I have a degree now. <laughs> or will have a degree. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you've got a whole bunch of knowledge too. I know you've been, I mean, you've been doing it with the podcast for a while. So, look, you, you know, know, this, you understand um, this way too, as a podcast, a producer of a podcast and a host of a podcast. I've learned so much over the last 15 years. I mean, when I go back and listen to the ones from 15 years ago, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. I know. And then sometimes I'll, I'll get into a situation where, you know, my audio can't be as clean as I want it to be. And, and then I'm like, shit, this sounds like episode one. It sounds horrible. <laughs> um, Sometimes you just got to work around right, it. Exactly. Right? And I was thank you for the wonderful introduction and all the, all the stats about my podcast. I would add one thing to it is that in that is that Madonna with the recipe for success for each episode. One, one piece of the recipe is Madonna. She's always there <laughs> in the vast majority of episodes. There's yeah, I, don't, well, I don't really intend to do it, but there's always something Madonna related. Just the way it is. Well, I mean that's what I figured. Yeah, right? That's why you're here, right? Like. It's because of Madonna. Because <laughs> um, I know your your music does, your podcasts do feature more than just Madonna, but I would say it's probably about 99% Madonna. Yeah, I've right? got about 20-something episodes that are just Madonna. I've added about 350. And every episode, <laughs> there's at least one Madonna song or remix of a Madonna song, all of, you know, a current remix or underground remix. So, I mean, of course. I mean, we have to, you yeah, have to represent the Queen. So when did you become a fan? Like, where were you? How old were you? What were you doing? Tell me all the things. 
This is such a good question and one that I also ask people on my own podcast too because it's so good to hear. Because in many ways, you you kind of connect with people when you answer this question. So my first memories of Madonna are back in the early 80s. So you know, I'm going to date myself here, my age myself here. Um, I was a teenager in the 80s and mid to late 80s. And uh, in the early mid 80s, you know, holiday, borderline. I remember hearing these songs on the top 40 countdown when I would be like mowing the lawn on a weekend, listening to it, I'm like, listening to the countdown, oh, wow. yeah. you know, it's probably case to case somewhere or something like the United States. And uh, um, hearing these songs and I did own, I think it was holiday on 45. Um, so yeah, those are my, that's my first, uh, my first, my, my first album was like a virgin. Um, and uh, so after that, I, you know, it's just sort of totally Jump, dived right in. Uh, right. From there. Um, and I remember seeing, you know, I remember like the Like a Virgin song out. I did not purchase it. I remember being everywhere. But then Material Girl came out and I saw the video on MTV and I was sold. <laughs> and ever since then, I've owned everything. Um, someone had asked me at that age, you know, how old age, I was like 12, 10 if I would still be listening to this artist 40 years now, 40 years later, I would be like, you're crazy. No way. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. Our fandom has never wavered. I think a, a lot of uh, us fans that are fans now, like we have a, a pivotal moment, right? Like when mm-hmm. we notice Madonna and um, it kind of never wavers. She never goes anywhere because she's always doing something that keeps her, in yep. some sort of spotlight, yep. regardless if it's if it's things that right. people like or don't like. Sometimes the things that she does that people don't like, we are attracted <laughs> to even more. Oh yeah. <laughs> For me, it was like around blonde ambition because you know every. I think Madonna when it was like the whole wannabe situation, the Madonna wannabes from you know the Virgin era and everything, and and then True Blue came out and everything. I think people stayed with her like oh yeah she's she's pushing the envelope but when blonde ambition came out i feel like a lot of like straight girls and straight women were just like that's yeah too much yeah, yeah. and that's when the gay men fandom just like really started to like grow i read an interview very recently i think it was with donna and nikki and they were talking about touring with madonna and someone asked them a question about her demographics and the audiences, both the how the audience reacted over the years, and they they did, of course part of it was they mentioned how the demographics and the genders began to change by about blonde ambition, particularly who's that girl in the true blue true blue era, but definitely by blonde ambition, and like where and, yeah. and, they're, and they're like very they were very upfront and like, you know the it became very male and very gay male. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> when, at some point, you said, yes. "I need to make a podcast." <laughs> Around two thousand nine, when you when you first started your podcast, like, what is it that made you say, "This I need um, to start doing this." This is what was going on, kind of. Um, I I used to show up. I've been DJing forever. I used to show up at like house parties and you know for friends and stuff like that with a CD about every week, <laughs> every week or so. <laughs> There'd be the new Carrie CD, and so you know friends were saying. I've lived in a lot of different places, east of the Mississippi River 
in, in the United States. <laughs> Lots of different states, only about six or seven different states. And um, so I was trying to, and people were lamenting that they couldn't ever, no longer get the weekly party CD or whatever, you know? And so I was like, how can I get this to people? And this was the, the internet was still, it was, it'd been around for a few years now at that point, then 2009, right? But social media was still pretty new. Um, and podcasting as a medium was very new. Not even, I don't think it was a year, year or so, year or two old, but it was a failing medium. Apple had created it. It was kind of a niche thing, but people weren't really adopting the fact that the numbers were going down. Uh, and I was reading about it. I was like, oh, maybe I can. And I thought the, the, the scuttlebutt in the industry that it was going to be deleted, they were going to get rid of it. I said, oh, maybe I can use, let me look into this. Maybe it's just a medium I could use for a few months until it gets, until I get rid of it. I'll, I'll just create my mix CDs into a podcast. <laughs> so I know, wow. obviously I wasn't using CDs anymore. This is 2009. And um, so that's what happened. And, and uh, I started noticing that besides just my friends in, in, the, in the United States, east of, east of the Mississippi River, there were people around the world just started downloading this stuff and listening. Like, oh, okay. Well, this is kind of cool. Um, and then I noticed that, uh, that it, and there wasn't a lot of competition back then, like there is now. So I yeah. was, you know, regularly appearing in the top 10 and top five iTunes charts right along other well-established DJs who had, who had, taken the medium and we're running with like Tiesto, for example, was always at number one. Here I am competing, competing with, with the big name DJs on the iTunes chart so in the podcast category. It was really kind of fun. Um, but, you know, I was also doing it because I lived in New York City and I hated that I couldn't really despise that I couldn't go to a lot of places and hear the music that I wanted to hear, which was usually house music. Yeah. And you think that in New York City you could do that easily, but you can't. It's gotten better. But, you know, it, it, that disappeared in large part because of the Giuliani administration um, back in the day, you know, um, trying to change the city in many ways. And, and they out, they used an old, old dancing law that, that outlawed dancing in public spaces to shut down various types of establishments. So you could, if you, unless you were a what? dance club, you could not dance, which meant that oftentimes there weren't, you know, these, these places weren't in existence. So you couldn't find the music that I wanted to listen to. So I was like, I'm going to put out this podcast and I'm going to put out the music that you know, I think needs to get bigger exposure. So that's what happened, essentially. And that also meant Madonna remixes, which you could, at the time, and many, that's changing, you couldn't find them. Um, and, and you could yeah. find underground remixes if you were in touch or you, were, you knew where to look or you were part of a DJ pool or something. This also gets to my um, friendship with many of the, the remixers in, in the Madonna remixer community. But, uh, you yeah, know, so that's what basically it was. It was trying to just share this music and and because uh, and, people couldn't find it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because it's um, – I, I like the evolution where, you know, you, you were trying to find these remixes and – I, I don't know. You could probably explain sort of like maybe yeah, um, yeah. copyright issues you may have run into, but like when you get, when, when, when you get start finding all these Madonna mm -hmm. fan remixers, um, you know, you start, I mean, some of these remixes could compete oh, with the official remixes. Cause I, I believe some of them are yes. <laughs> even better. Um, how did that evolve for you? Like when, what was the remix you heard where you're like, Oh no, 
The whole yeah. world needs yeah. to hear this. I need I need to get this out on right. on yeah, a right. podcast. Well, we'll start with copyright a little bit. Um, I also, at the time in 2009, was con- somewhat concerned, but I, you know, I could see that there are other well-known established DJs that were clearly able to put music on their podcast. Whether they had permission or not, I did not know. I don't think they did, or they may have been serviced it by a, a record pool or a company. So I, I consulted some lawyers. Copyright law has not kept up at the time. It's still very old. And the lawyers were saying, oh, the law says, Carrie, you could not put any of these, these songs on your podcast. You will be sued. Just like a DJ who goes to a club cannot play those songs because they will get sued. I, looked at them, I, laughed, I said to them, I laughed at them. I said, oh, come on. That's not going to happen. <laughs> the, these companies want these DJs to play them. It's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. This copyright law has not caught up with the times. I mean, that's how old is that is. It still hasn't. So after almost 400, I'm over 350 episodes at this point, I've only once had a company contact me and say, can you please take down this episode? There's a story. <laughs> but um, tell so me, I, yeah, tell I'll us. tell you a story. Tell the, the story. way I figure is if I'm being serviced these these um, remixes um, and these songs from record companies, and it used to be I had to beg, a lot of times they're they're hounding me now. They're trying to get me to play it now. Um, for free. They don't pay me. Anyways, uh, so th- that's that's the copyright world when it comes to podcasting um, and music, music podcasts. Um, so the story, the only time I've been able to had to take something down, it was actually Warner Brothers because they wanted me to take down one of my Madonna podcasts. It was the first one I ever did, and it had one of the extended remixes of um, uh, what, 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 what was it at the time? I can't remember. Oh, it was Hung Up. And um, uh, I, I talked to the guy who, who said, Carrie, you know, you really haven't done anything wrong. You just got to take it down. Nothing's going to happen. He's, I was like, dude, you know that this was a lawyer. And I said, there's, there's, I'm doing you guys a favor by putting these remixes on this podcast because they're not available anywhere. <laughs> now a lot of them are starting to come available. They're the official ones. And, right. and I said, I'm doing you a favor here. I'm actually promoting your work and the work of the artist. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But the copyright law has, has also helped. He also said, the copyright law says that you have to take it down. It's not a big deal, Carrie. Just do it. So I did. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was something Madonna related, actually. <laughs> that Madonna, always causing controversy. Copyright is such a, a tricky thing because it depends on who wants to execute yeah, the violation. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I feel for you. So now, did that make you more um, more resistant to uploading? No, it made me more smart, though. <laughs> it made me smart. Ah, okay. Um, I actually no longer try to go out of my way to put official Madonna remixes, particularly if it's something brand new. I'll be real careful about it. I'll actually try to lean more towards underground remixes that aren't official releases. That makes sense. So I don't run into that. Because really, they, I mean, the guy, when it, that one time that I got a call from one of them, he said basically it's because you have this song hung up that's, that's they're making money on it still. <laughs> so I'm a little more careful about that. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, yeah, the copyright stuff, what I've learned is if it's, if it's something that someone has serviced to you, you have that proof to show it. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, and I, 
I've over the years also leaned started leaned heavily towards more underground artists, and a lot of house music is, anyways. So I, I just don't run into a lot of issues. Um, now I have featured a few of your, uh, I believe, a few that have been featured on your okay. podcast. Felix Meow. Oh, Felix! I know who Felix is. Yes, Jake ODM. ODM, yes, Jake. <laughs> and um, I re- I recently spoke with. Luke Savannah. Oh yes. Tell me about your relationship with these fan remixers. Sure. Like, it, is it is it more of like? I know there's a community of of Madonna remixers united, um, and that's kind of like a, a a larger community. But can you tell me sort of like the genesis and the origins of bringing mm-hmm. fan remixers sure. together for your podcast? Sure. Starting from the very beginning, as, mentioned, as you mentioned before, my the CKNYC podcast had been all will be 15 years in January. I've all during those years, I'll write um, remixers or producers asking them to give me a, a good quality um, download of a particular remix of, their, of theirs that have maybe heard somewhere, maybe YouTube or somewhere. And I just want a better quality version um, so I can feature it in the podcast episode coming up. So I will write them. Um, and in that way, over the, and over the not intending that I was going to become friends, <laughs> but over the years, a few of them, right. you, you start going back and back and back and back, you know, multiple times asking for remixes, you tend to become friendly. Um, and I'd like to think a few of them we've developed a rapport, so um, and a level of trust. Um, and that's kind of how it's happened. Uh, at one point, a year or so ago, two ago, I started looking back at all my episodes, doing searching, trying to find out you know, remixers that have been, how long remix, underground remixers, either with Madonna Remixers United or other uh, groups in, in the remixer community um, and the various stuff, the artists. And the, I mean, the first one that appeared was way back in 2012. Uh, you mentioned uh, Luke Savant. He's been in, in numerous episodes. Um, ODM has been as well. Um, and, and it's not like that. I said I've said side and said I want to include this a whole bunch of remixes from this particular producer or artist or remixer. I just I hear it something somewhere and I'm like oh that's my so and so. I need to get them to give me a copy. And that's sort of how it's gone down. Uh, you know, in terms of the relationship with the remixers community. Um, and I've been following them so many of them for years, even before there was a lot right. of organization. I've been following them on social media, like for example. Um, Dubtronic, for example, uh, and yeah. uh, he's been really good about sending me his remixes over the years. Yeah, because before, I mean, I've only been on social media for like five years. Oh, really? So I kind of missed the social media boat and and discovering people and connecting with people. So mm-hmm. um, most of my exposure was through like message boards okay. on some of the you know Madonna fan sites or even the you know, official Madonna.com message boards. So I remember, um, I can't recall the name of the DJ who remixed this, but um, the Lady M mix show, it was like a live concept album. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, this is so cool that someone could take, this is before, you know, stems were, easily available as mm-hmm. they are now or mm-hmm. uh especially for s- some songs out there but um 
the creativity that people put into making it sound unique or different. Mm -hmm. I mean, people had tried to before where they, you know, would just, because that's all you were able to do at the time, was just like throw music on top Mm -hmm. of the existing song. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, it's... And remixing set recordings together. (laughs) Yes, yes. Dense 54... Oh, who Dens. Yes. Had their had like a virgin, their remix of like a virgin featured in the Rebel Heart tour. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's so incredible that eventually it gets to Madonna. Yeah, a Skin I, Bruno I, is another. You were talking about remixer. a live concept album. He had one just about a year ago. It was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, a number of them have found some success. Success. It's really cool. ODM. ODM also had one of his. Uh, Remixes um, reposted. I was a year or two a year ago by by Madonna's team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I did. It's so um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's wholly amazing. I mean, just think about it. How are you doing? You're doing something for fun. I mean, I can only assume doing something for fun, and you know, you're letting it out there to, in the world on via the internet, and you're opening yourself to criticism. Really, what's what's going to happen? Well, you can't make too. anybody happy. <laughs> you know, not everyone's going to love it, and you and you then you get criticized for it. And I mean, just have so much respect for these 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 artists, these producers. And that's what I consider them. These remixers, they call themselves remixers, but I call them music producers because that's what they are. Yeah. Um, I have so much respect for them for what they do. Um, and there's, let's say this way, there's a lot of people out there that, that are remixers that try to remix, and not everyone's very good at it. <laughs> but, no, but, but, uh, re- would, but that doesn't matter because you know they're putting exactly. themselves out there and they're trying to hone their craft. I think everyone, everyone started somewhere. Yeah. You know, I'm just like you were saying with your, your podcast, you listen to some of the earlier episodes and mm-hmm. I do too. And I'm like, what what the fuck did I think I was doing? Right. Um, so y- you have some of these fan remixers. They may not be as, um, as uniquely crafted as some of the, the more uh, quote unquote popular fan remixers, but you know, like everyone starts somewhere and they're evolving too. And they're learning as well. So I appreciate the effort that everyone puts into when, when they do something like that. They're, they're not necessarily trying to be something they're not. Yeah. They are who they are. I think it's really cool, too, also that there's this, a community that's formed over the years, um, the people you know, trying to support each other. Well, what keeps you going? I mean, you, you, you're going on yeah. 15 years now. <laughs> so what, what's, a- what makes yeah. you be like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah, I sometimes question myself when I ask my that, myself that question. I remember a friend of mine saying, "I was probably about a good year or so into the podcast." A friend of mine from North Carolina, he's living in North Carolina, said to me, uh, "Wow, you're really committed to this." I'm like, you know what? I really am. I'm not sure exactly why. <laughs> I mean, just I'm a huge lover of music, so, uh, but I'm also a huge lover of electronic music and house music, and uh, of course, Madonna and. Uh, you asked me how do I keep going at the moment. That's a great, interesting question because uh, I'm kind of just a really busy and I haven't been putting out a lot of, a lot of episodes. Um, and uh, this, this year to 20, 2023, I've probably think I've put out four episodes. That's it. Uh, both for both podcasts <laughs> total, um, which is down way down for me. Um, but it's more, it's more like a, I get so much uh, – I'm getting so much um, music and audio 
work right now because of school that yeah. I get home. Well, I, mean, I kind of just don't want to do it. <laughs> you have a life. You know, this isn't, you know, your, your bread and butter. You know, yeah. this is why you're going to school is so that you can apply all those things and you know maybe not this year but maybe next year you'll have more episodes that's how i start like that's that'll happen i got to a point where it's like okay i'm only going to release an episode a month (laughs) or i'm only going to record at least once a month and i'll do and sometimes you know when i'm talking about a specific album for madonna i might split that up to two or three episodes and i'm like okay cool i got three episodes this month and I consider that a win for myself. That's a huge because, win. Because, you know, I have other things I'm doing. Yeah, of course. I would say don't be so hard on yourself. It seems you have a, a great following. You're you're still ranked up there with the best of them. So I will, I will congratulate you on Thank all you. your efforts. Thank you. You're very, very um, kind. Because, you know, it's it's important to accept that recognition and, and, and not feel like you – just because you are ranked higher that you have to, you know – try to always strive to be like number one we can't all be madonna no we but can't. um <laughs> no, we can't. do your best and forget the rest right as they right. say in p90x yeah i, I mean <laughs> i mean wayne we're both doing this i assume we're both doing this or i don't know about you totally but we're doing this as for fun it's a hobby Absolutely. right so it costs you know, me money yeah and it costs money too it very much does i don't think it costs people me a lot of money too i don't think people realize and also wayne it takes time it uh-huh. takes a lot of time and effort to put together Editing. an episode, particularly yeah. if I'm interviewing people and, and organizing people together, particularly with, when I was doing the, the Madonna Remixers podcast. Uh, it takes a lot of time, and I don't have that time right now. <laughs> um, I probably, if I were to just guesstimate it, for one episode, if, if there's a mix with six to ten people to interview real quick and – editing that all together and make sure everybody gets understands and agrees to what's happened. Um, and everybody, you get all your, your files from everybody in time. I mean, it just, yep. it's, it's one episode is at least a month long planning and probably yeah. a few days of work. And that's nonstop. So I'm talking about three or four days, you know, I'm talking about 36, 72 hours of, of work just on an episode. Probably, I'm oh, yeah. probably lowballing it. Um, it's like a lot of um, project management scheduling. So it's like you got to schedule the interview. You have to set time to record the interview. Then you have to record the interview. Then you have to s- set time to edit whatever interview that you're doing. If, if you need to do some editing and then you have to schedule how you're going to promote it then you have yep. to promote it. Like there's so many it's, moving pieces and parts right, and right. it sounds simpler than what it is, but it, you know, it can be a lot of work. And, and if you're kind of like a perfectionist like me, you want it to sound the best. You want it to be the best. You, you don't want, you, do. you know, flaws in there and stuff. So you want to take that time to do that. And it just takes a lot of time. Right, oh, can right. I also mention that the fact that um, your podcast has its own app. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's its own app. Let me say that it again. Its own app. Love Carry NYC app. podcast has its own app. Tell me for about free. that for free. It's on for free. Um, it's on i. It's an i uh, Apple app as well as um, Google. It's in Google Play Store. I'm an Android user, so I was able okay. to download it through Google Play Store. I, I chose. I used to. I've had two different providers, service providers. I started with Podbean to upload my podcast way back in mm-hmm. two thousand nine. I left them after three years or so, 
that, no, I love them. I didn't dislike them, but Libsyn offered me the opportunity to have my own apps. I, I had to pay for them, but um, so uh, and if I put up extra episodes and extra um, information graphics and things like that for people that that pay, I think it's ninety nine cents a, a month. They get extra extra music and extra information. <laughs> so it's almost like a patron account, except it's like it's individualized. Yeah. You don't have to go through. You don't have to go through patron, patron. and yeah. which which means they get you know like a portion of it. The 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 profit goes yeah. directly to yeah. you, so that you can yes. continue producing. Yes, not not a lot of profit. I'll be very transparent. No, but hopefully, <laughs> it, hopefully, it covers at least your subscription costs. It does cover my subscription costs. Yes, it does yeah. do that. Um, and I, in the last six to eight months, I've started to put ads on some of my episodes. Um, yeah. Longtime listeners will notice that I've never done that before. I've been not wanted to do that because I didn't want to disturb, you know, and disrupt anything that was going on. Right. The ads are never baked in, or they're not in. They're not mid roll. They're they don't just show up all of a sudden during the music. They're pre and post. But that's an attempt to help pay for this because I'm in school yeah. right now and I'm poor as hell. <laughs> and I hear you. So, yeah. Uh, so I uh, I am paying for the podcast this way, that way. Yeah. So that's what that. Well, that's. Me. I mean, it's a very smart move to do, and and the fact that it's at the beginning or at the end, I think is, I think people can sit through, you know, right, right. thirty to forty five seconds of right. of ads just to listen to, you know, the the great. Mixes that are out there. Mixes and the wonderful producers that are in them. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you and, What do you have going on next? Like, what What kind of thing are you working on for your next podcast? I have a couple episodes for the Like a Muse podcast. So that's the Madonna remixes podcast. I got a couple of remixers that have agreed to. We're going to do uh, episodes, produce episodes, episodes together featuring their music or their remixes, and in an interview. Um, but I have no dates for that because I, I can't commit to anything right now. <laughs> I also have um, a uh, mashup that I haven't released officially. It's um, called Drained Alone With You, and it's going to debut on your podcasts and, and also the crossover episode uh, on mine. And uh, it's called, as I said, Drained Alone With You. It's a mashup of the unreleased but leaked Madonna song called Alone With You that she wrote with Avicii, which I always really liked. I thought it was a great song. I wish they would have finished it. So I mashed up her vocals with another house song called Drained by a group called Agents of Time. There's no vocal in that song. I mashed them up. Um, turned out really well. I'm really proud of it. Um, so we're yes. going to put it out on your your this episode, and um, I'll put out a video at the same time. So I, yes. I've not really been like a remixer or a mashup artist for the most part. Um, but sometimes I do it in my episodes, in my mixes. So this is kind of a unique thing for me. You know, just having fun. <laughs> well, stay tuned for the end of the episode to hear that remix. I will be playing it soon. You guys will hear it in a few minutes after we're after Carrie and I are done talking, though. <laughs> well, big question, big important question. Okay. Are you going to the celebration tour? <sighs> Um, the answer is I do not know. <laughs> As oh, I mentioned no. before, I can't really afford uh, a lot of things at the moment because I'm in school, and yeah. uh, tickets to this tour were just are just not a possibility at the moment. But I'm hoping that will change. It's no, I know everybody's been really upset because she got sick and the tour was postponed. Just the start dates 
were postponed in the U.S. But that might actually might be in my favor because <laughs> 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 by the time <laughs> that league of the tour starts, that was it next summer. Um, I think, right? Um, maybe I'll be able to get to pick up a, a, a remaining ticket or something. I'm not sure yet. Well, but I'm very we'll excited. Go out and subscribe to uh, yes, and when people start posting their videos that they've taken, I'll start to I'll look at I'll be looking at those. I try not to do yeah, that, but I know that okay I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> yes. you're okay with spoilers? Yes, I'll be okay with the spoilers. I'm okay with spoilers if people prefaces them. As spoilers. That's I don't spoiler. like it when people are just flat out saying, okay, tour's two days away. Here's everything about the tour that we know and start going into someone talk to the dancers and here are the list of songs. And I'm just like, yeah, stop just trying to get clout and try to be the first one to post it. Like put some right. sort of spoiler on there. Some people right. don't want to see the sport and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all about spoilers but like, let me know that that's what you're posting. That sure, you're posting a spoiler, not me start reading halfway through and then realize yeah, something absolutely. gets revealed that like I didn't want to know right. that right now. I didn't want to know what the opening song was just yet. And it's like this, the tour hasn't even started, and people are doing all that shit, and it's just kind of pissing yeah. me off. Just because yeah. I wish I wish fans had the I sense. most fans do but I wish some of these um, Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts were a little bit more um, sensitive to that rather than trying to be like, I have the information. Right. It's annoying to me. Although the Madonna fan sites ever tries to beat everybody with the information. I'm like, come on, coming <sighs> probably from the same sources. <laughs> but whatever. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is, is, is there's a rumor that starts yeah. one place and then it just spreads like wildfire. Yeah, like so wildfire. it could completely be a rumor. But even if it isn't, that that account then gets to go back and say, well, I said it first. I knew it. You know. Mm -hmm. I'm, cu I'm curious, Wayne, we, we were talking about whether I was going to go to the Celebration Tour. Has there ever been a Madonna tour that you had to miss live? Um, well, aside from the first three, because okay. or four, because, um, you know, I either was not old enough. I didn't, I missed the Blonde Admission Tour. That was when I became, a, I became a fan at Like a Prayer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I missed the Blonde Admission Tour. I was, you know, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom didn't want to take me, even though she said she was. She didn't, Sharon. <laughs> um, no, but I don't hold it against her. And then with Girly Show, I think my stepmom was like, oh, I'll take you and your stepbrother if she comes mm -hmm. to D.C. But she didn't come to D.C. She only did mm -hmm. three cities. And, yeah. Three, yeah, three cities in the U.S. And they weren't close to D.C. And I live in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and so Drown World Tour was my first time that I actually got to see Madonna. Now, since I was able to buy my own tickets, there's only one tour I did miss, but I missed it on purpose. And that was Sticky and Sweet. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I am not a hard candy fan. Oh, um, neither am I. And that was, <laughs> that was one where I was just like, I was just over it. At the, I think I was yeah. even starting to question my own fandom at that time. I'm like, yeah. I'm just over it. I hated yeah, the album. It. I hated yeah. the direction of the production. I hated Justin Timberlake. Uh, <laughs> I still hate Justin Timberlake. Um, and I just, I just, everything that she was doing was just like cringy to me. I, right. I hate that she was just trying to, to fit in. That's what it felt like mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
this concert that I was going to go to was in New Jersey and it was um, in Atlantic City and it was on a Saturday night and I was having a hard time finding a hotel room that was like under $800. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even doing this. So I sold my ticket. I sold my tickets on StubHub and I think I made about $500 from them. Um, and I had no shame. I, I even priced them below what other people were selling theirs for at the top dollar. I think they were, they were trying to sell them for, um, people were selling them for like 800, 900 plus, And these are $400 ticket. They were $400 each. And so people were selling them at, you know, 800 plus. And I'm like, well, I'm going to sell mine for like seven something because StubHub takes a fee too. So it's not as if, you know, I get full profit from whatever I, uh, up the price on, but I was like, I am going to make some money off this because I'm pissed off. Um, so the only thing that I have from that tour is the book of photographs from Gaio Siri. And I did buy a tour book like online, but that's it. That's all I have from that show. Well, aside from like the DVD, I watched the DVD like once or twice and I'm still over it. I still won't go back to yeah. the tour. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, a friend and I were at the show, the art, uh, <laughs> the Ticket and Sweet show concert. I can't remember where it was, maybe DC. And we were sitting there and, and we're like, I have a new name for this. We started calling it the Hardly Candy Tour. <laughs> Parts of it were like, I felt like were rehashes of previous tours, like Ray of Light. We're just too mm. much of it was like, I've heard this before. It feels very familiar. <laughs> and, and we looked at each other and we said, it's like she farted out on tour, farted out on tour, didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's she funny because really I think, much still. I know, but, but I think it's, um, it's, it's interesting because as fans, we always expect something fresh, something different and something right. new yeah. with yeah. tours right. just because that's what she's always done. So right. when it feels like she's just kind of like giving the same thing that she gave the last time right. she performed that song, right. I'm just kind right. of like, oh. We're yeah. all like that, I guess. Um, yep. But also, that was that was the start of her Live Nation deal too. So that might have been your bigger right. Um, I, I feel like she was just pushed to do that tour. So maybe yeah. there was there was some true. like creative things where she's like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do Ray of Light the same way I did it on Confession yep. Store. There were some highlights from that tour that I really like. Yeah, like a Prayer was really well done. Yes. Some of the backdrops. I do like, like a Prayer. I really like her attempt I mean, at a rock, a rocking I, borderline. <laughs> yeah. As much as I was interesting, yes. four minutes, I loved that mix of it. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely some standouts from that tour. So it's not like it was a horrible one. Yeah. <laughs> but just overall. Yeah. I was like, Mom, you're embarrassing me. Stop. <laughs> that's how i felt during that time <laughs> um but you know what she's back 40 years 40 right. years in the business celebration tour I mean, at this point 40, 40 years. years into this way and if i'm still she's still giving us something <laughs> i think it's pretty good i know <laughs> I really, that's where i'm like I can't really eventually she's it. gonna stop i don't know when it's gonna happen but right. I mean, she's still going after 40 years like i mean it's hard for me to complain i don't give a shit if she walks through my language but it's okay i don't care if she wheels her cha- herself out in a wheelchair and seems to do a microphone with a shitty wig i don't give a crap <laughs> Well, I said, well, yeah, I think I'm at the point also in my fandom where it's like, you know what, well, whatever, do whatever you want, girl. I'll, I'll still come and support you. I think when she posted on her Instagram, she goes, what do you guys want to hear me sing? And I said, oh, right. you can come out and, and hum happy birthday in a kazoo. 
and I'll be there to support you, girl. Like, just, just do it. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. I really oh, appreciate you. it. Thank you, Wayne. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that we can finally work this out. Tell everyone where they can find you, how they okay. can listen to the podcast. It's real easy. Go on the internet, type in www.clubcarrynyc.com. That's spelled C-L-U-B-K-E-R-R-Y-N-Y-C.com. And you can find uh, all, both podcasts there um, and choose your favorite player. Um, the only place that you cannot find either of these podcasts is on Spotify because they are music related. Spotify will not allow music related podcasts because mm. um, it's in competition with their, with their brand. So in any case, um, but you can find it anywhere else for free um, or get my app, which is also for free um, in the Google app store or on, uh, on iTunes in the apps, in the, the app. podcast app place. Um, or you can write me at clubcarry at gmail.com. Um, if you want to uh, suggest artists or you know someone you'd like to suggest to be there, maybe it's an upcoming artist or a remixer or you have a Madonna remix that you'd like to see promoted, please send it to me. Um, or you can contact me via Instant Messenger um, via on Facebook. Lots of ways you can contact me, so um, love to hear from you. And uh, thanks for listening. And Wayne, thank you. For, for featuring me here um, and um, hope we get to work together more in the future. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your classes today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Take care. Talk to you soon, Wayne. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
I'd rather be on my own. I'd rather be on the sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the Madonna Get Together on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna Get Together. Until then, my beautiful strangers.